0: morning everyone as you've probably seen from my socials or may not have done uh, in my amazing uh, advocacy as an ostomer I completely forgot it was Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week this week so as a result we are going to upload our two ostomy episodes today Kevin has been hard at work editing and running them by our uh, interviewees Uh, and yeah they will come one now and the next one a little bit later on in the day so download and enjoy
1: This episode comes with a small trigger warning. Uh, We are going to be talking openly about poo, surgery, and bodily functions. So if those things gross you out, this isn't the episode for you. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy.
0: Well, hello, lovely listeners, hope you're all well.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Bangers and Mash. This is episode five, yep. uh, which is the first part of our ostomy special. Yes, we and have decided
0: to split this into two. Originally, yes. it was going to be one uh, hour-long normal podcast episode. However, when we got talking to our two lovely interviewees, we realised they had far too much to say that was absolutely incredible and needed to be kept in. So exactly. we're going to do two. So yeah,
1: so difficult to edit it in such a way that would. Um, makes sense for shorter episodes so it's pretty much exactly it's pretty much the interviews in full uh, minus a few ums and ahs from <laughs> us uh, not our interviewees because they were fantastic but you're in for a, a real treat so in this episode uh, we talked to claire goff uh, who is an ostomy nurse at saint george's yep in london
0: nice
1: nurse. Uh, so she goes through some listeners questions and talks to us more from a um a nurse's point of view and then coming up in episode six, uh, which is already recorded, we recorded that tonight, yep, that was fun. Uh, which is great. Um, we have Caroline Bramwell, who is the PR and communications person at the Iliostomy Association. She's also a writer and uh, triathlete. That's really inspirational. So a completely different take on it. Um, a patient take. A patient well, take, where? yeah, exactly. And and what she's done post-stoma um, is, is really inspirational and interesting. So... Uh, yeah a couple of really good episodes coming up so I guess without further ado
0: sit back and enjoy yeah
1: let's get into it.
0: Hi everyone so our first segment of the evening is going to be um, with Claire who is my stoma nurse I said she was technically my stoma nurse I still say is um, <laughs> but not just a stoma nurse also a really really close friend now. Um, Claire was um, the stoma nurse I saw when I had had my um, was it my second stoma surgery? I can't remember if it was my second and then uh, my first
2: one first one because I remember um stick of the dump. <laughs>
0: of course you do yes that's a very good point <laughs> so both surgeries uh I've seen Claire ever since at St George's before I moved and actually since I've moved because you know she's really good um so officially <laughs> welcome to bangers and mash chat Claire it's lovely to have you on. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're very excited for this episode because it's something yes. that's obviously very close to my heart.
1: Claire, if you want to make a, a, a short introduction of yourself, just tell us who you are, what you do and and why you do it.
2: Right. Yes, I'm Claire and I work at St George's Hospital in Tooting and I've worked there for 13 years, about 13 and a half years. Well, have work, worked in stoma care for 13 and a half years. I've actually been in the hospital for quite a lot longer um I don't know, um 34 years worked oh my goodness
1: wow yeah. you, you don't look old enough if i may say <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, great... <laughs> <Kevin>.
1: <laughs> no way 34 years wow
2: 34 years yes um so what, I, I, what... I neuro is my background actually neuro um like neurosurgery i was a ward sister on a neuro rehab unit for 18 years and then i thought i was a acting matron ward sister and continence advisor all thrown into one in that role and i really wanted to focus on one like special thing to do rather than all of those things thrown into one so Mm -hmm. i i went to st george's urology clinic i went got a job there as a clinical specialist in urology and with a continence with a like a neurocontinence. so people who'd had strokes ms head injuries that type of thing and then Mm -hmm. The, it was a funded post so the funding was actually withdrawn from all the posts in the country because the co- the company weren't making any, they weren't make, making any money on it because we were getting people continent so i didn't have a job at the time so i was my employment was protected at st georges but they didn't know what to do with me so they they put me into stoma care
1: and i had oh, no right.
2: experience I had no experience in stomas at all I hadn't even seen a, I think I'd seen one in a patient who was who'd had um a stroke and he was in our unit and we we had to change his bag for him and we were struggling we didn't know what to do and that was my only experience so I, I they accepted my role I quickly got up to speed and and I I got my um I did a course and I read everything. I just I used to say, Can I see that patient? Can I see that patient? <laughs> and I was every evening I was I was um studying and, and reading stuff and I took all the books home and I was on the internet and in the library. And then they said, Oh, there's a urology nurse post. You can apply for that because the funding's been agreed. Um, you can get back into urology. And I said, oh, I actually quite like it now. <laughs> can I stay where I am? <laughs> so yeah, that's how I got into it.
1: And so, what? What? So, what's made you stay with it for 13 years?
2: Oh, I just love it. It's um, I just love the patients. I love the the challenges and the different and the, the fact that it's not just like one set of patients. It's everyone in the hospital. You can see babies, children, adults. One minute you can just be seeing a a 23 week baby that's just had a stone performed, and then suddenly you'll get um a call to go to ITU or uh a and e it's pe- someone's been stabbed or shot yeah or they've they've fallen off scaffolding or and they've they've impaled themselves or that sort of thing like and it's just so varied someone yeah. can come in to to the elderly care ward and they've got a st- like someone the other day came in with brain metastases so it's secondaries in his brain he, he'd come into the neuro ward to have burhol biopsies and to have um holes made into his into his skull and biopsies and I got a quarter so his bags were his bags were leaking so I went over there and he had a huge hernia massive hernia and no one had dealt with that so I said right we can deal with that and he emailed me this morning it was the best Monday morning ever to 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 come into work to say you're an angel it's fine. Aww. he'd been discharged I discharged him with these new bags And he was so happy. He said, I was really scared and I didn't know what to do. And the the bags were just like one extra problem. And Mm. so now we've got no more
0: problems with the stomach bags. It must be really nice, actually, when patients take the time to come back to you, because I mean, a lot of the time it must very much be a case of, you know, oh, I'm in hospital. It's the nurses and doctors jobs to treat me. They've done their job. Lovely. I'm going home. Wonderful. But it must just be really nice when people actually take the time to make you aware of what a difference you've made, even though it is your job. I get that. But it's it's people's lives. I mean, for me, it was certainly like. It it was probably the biggest part of my surgery, the surgery, obviously the surgery itself. But then it's it's all the aftercare of how you actually live, isn't it, with stomas? So it's a huge, huge role that you guys play and ongoing in our lives as well. And it's I guess you're leaned on as well for all the frightening things that might occur.
2: Absolutely, because sometimes um, like for me, I'm the only one as George is dealing with this little baby. He's just had his first birthday, his 11th of November. And he all is he's a very complex baby, and all his treatment is is going on at St, at uh, Great Ormond Street. Everything his surgical and his medical treatment he's so complicated, but his stomach care is carrying on at St George's with me. And Aww. he had a massive prolapse over the weekend, and his parents Aww. phoned me today and went, "Claire, we've had a massive prolapse. What do we do?" So I emailed the consultant at Great Ormond Street. We're, Actually, we've got to be first name terms now. <laughs> and he's all booked up for next week for surgery. So we're the um, I, I suppose we're like the the common denominator. We're the, the we're the one person that's always going to be there. We've yeah. Got a man who had um out of hospital. He's a 22 year old guy out of hospital cardiac arrest, and he had massive ischemia um throughout his body and because of the the cardiac arrest and the blood clots and he had ischemia of his bowel. So he had um bowel resection and a stoma and I saw him in his card in his cardiothoracic days when he was over in the cardiothoracic ITU and I saw him through to the um uh, right through to rehab and discharge so like the physios were different the OTs were different the, the nurses were different but I was the one
0: person yeah followed him <laughs> the <through. one> constant
2: <laughs> yeah I was there he said you've known me since I was unconscious I went, yep <laughs>
0: it's nice to have that because you do even when you're in hospital staying you know your nurse team changes your doctors change on a daily basis to have one constant is just really comforting
1: so a lot of our listeners I mean don't just have um ostomates as listeners so a lot of people who perhaps don't know what an ostomy is or what a stoma is um uh, could you explain the different types of stoma that are most common and yeah. why perhaps you would have them
2: well, the three most common stomas are the it's colostomy, ileostomy. Some people say ileostomy, so both is right. It, it depends whether you say ileum or ileum. So my colleague Ada always says ileostomy, um, but it's like a term that's used throughout the hospital as generally as ileostomy. That's what we say, but either is right. Colostomy and urostomy. So it depends on the part of it's an opening through an organ. Out into the body, uh, out through the skin of the body. So it's um, it's a, it's a like ostomy is uh, like stoma, stomy part of the word is uh, the stoma, which is a Greek word meaning mouth or opening. So that's the stoma part. And then ilio, colo or uro is the part of the body it's from, like colostomy is from the colon. Iliostomy or ileostomy is from the ileum or the ilium. And, and that's a small bowel colon is the large bowel and the urostomy is um the ureters plumbed into the small piece of um the small bowel so a segment of the small bowel and that is to replace the bladder so the bladder is removed and then these ureters are plumbed in to the small bowel and then the bowel is brought out through the skin as a stoma i
0: never knew that that's how the urostomy worked yeah I had, I, I, for some reason, I thought it just went straight from the bladder. But then actually, how would that even work? Because yeah. you wouldn't be able to form a stoma from the ureter, would you?
2: Brilliant. It's Perhaps... um, Ileocondri is another word for it. It's um, like it's a, a conduit or a conduit, which is just really a passage. And it's it's amazing. And nobody actually realized that you could. They they didn't used to do so many of these surgeries because they didn't think. They just thought bowel, urine, you're going to get terrible infections, ascending any mm. infections into the kidneys. But actually... Seems to sit nicely together, urine and b- yeah. bowel bacteria seem to be fine. <laughs> Luckily for
1: those people. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I've I've heard the term J pouch used. What what is a J pouch?
2: J pouch is when the um, when some people have um, if they've got osteocolitis, and they have a pouch made out of the small bowel and that's like a
0: reservoir. Because it's all internal, it's basically like having a stoma bag but just inside your body so the the bag on the outside is kind of basically made of your small bowel i i
2: know somebody she's a girl who trained with me in my set she's um a colorectal nurse at um the london and her husband's got a pouch <laughs> she that's not how she said, that's not how, he wasn't my patient that's not how i met him and he's got a j pouch or an s pouch and um and that's like a it's 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 really still in its sort of infancy in the great scheme of medical technology
1: you mentioned you had a patient with with hernia or with yeah. a hernia are there any other risks associated with having a stoma or you know day-to-day care of it
2: well one of the first things that sort of jumps out of my mind really is um sore skin gets quite sore skin and that can be associated with maybe an ill-fitting stoma bag a template not fitted properly or they're not um Perhaps it's not the right bag for a patient. Like Sometimes they've been given flat when they've been in hospital and then actually the stoma gets really a lot smaller. And if they're not constantly reviewed, then that can start leading to leakage. And so many patients say they think it's normal. They said, oh, well, you know, you expect a leak um, occasionally. And I no, I mean, maybe occasionally, but not. And some patients say, well, maybe about once a week or once a couple of times a week he said no we try to aim to have no no leaks at all because there are so many products out there that are going to be well There's going to be one that's suitable like this man i found on the um neuro ward i found him a, a, a bag that was suitable for him that he hadn't even wasn't even aware existed it's a concave bag which fits over um hernia so sore skin's a big problem um high output sometimes you can get a high output and some patients just never can, can, can control their outputs like they're they they do not low paramide doesn't work very well with them and um, they can have an intolerance to low paramide and sometimes they just um are always going to have a high output which means there's going to be an electrolyte in electrolyte imbalance so things like low magnesium potassium sodium and then that can lead to all sorts of problems as well so it's good it's a good idea to try and control that the output if possible um, if not loperamide, sometimes codeine and electrolyte solutions like Mark solution, Dioralite, those are all g- good standbys just to get the electrolyte the, in the right balance in the body. What
0: um, is loperamide? Is it is it like a, is it like a pill version of Dioralite? Is it does it bung you up? I've never really had to take it, but I don't really know what it is. It's an anti anti motility drug,
2: so it actually works on the bowel to slow it down. So it slows down the, the, like the motility of the bowel, like to think of it like mobility of the bowel, and it slows it down and it um, allows for absorption of the bowel contents. Okay. So if the bowels, sometimes that will happen naturally without the use of paramide, and you can do that with um, electrolyte solutions and diet, things like a stodgy, starchy diet, low fibre, and that, that, can, that can slow the output down. But paramide acts sort of like an um, uh, artificial way codeine does the same thing codeine it's it's a pain reliever but its side effect is to reduce the mobility the the motility of the bowel which is why some people get some people have without stoma can get constipated
0: with codeine. yeah i was gonna say my friend who takes it gets constipated
2: yeah so with the stoma it's it's got the side. you use the side effect to um work with some people say well why am i taking codeine i haven't got any pain it's it's a side effect we're using (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah one of my friends is definitely on daily codeine for literally because her her she's got Crohn's and i think she's on operation number sort of in its 40s oh, somewhere her. um but literally her output is liquid pure liquid all the time so oh she yeah she's on it pretty much every day yeah. and you
2: can get um as we said hernias and, and those are parastomal hernias and the reason why they come about is because of the um weakness in the abdominal wall because there's a defect because the the bowel's being brought out to all the layers through all the peritoneum and, and all the um muscle layers out to the, to the skin you've got that defect in the muscle wall so you haven't got um, a good strong muscle layer that's um, completely intact so you've got that that little defect you've got to be really aware of like trying not to lift anything that's too heavy and keeping your weight down excessive weight can cause um problems with the with the hernias and um as i say lifting heavy heavy items it just some patients just you see them they come into the clinic like oh dear what happened <laughs> <laughs> big hernia and a prolapse you can get a prolapse of the stoma um, of 20, and that like so like trumpets out or trump trombone i think the instrument is it's so, like you get a um and it just like tumbles out and you just get quite a length of bowel hanging out of the body and retraction that's like the opposite that will just like drop in and it just sometimes it, you just get completely flushed oma, and for each of those problems we've got bags that will suit them uh suit patients that we just rummage about in our cupboard until we find the right back <laughs> like,
0: i have to be honest actually like prolapse is one of the things i'm most frightened at it hasn't happened but i see like the biggest one online where people try and sort it out is by dumping a bag of sugar on it um, and I saw that um, recently when I I suppose you've seen Adele the lady the famous um, yeah uh, so she did the same thing and she dumped a bag of sugar on it because that's what loads of people said to her to try but then a stoma nurse came into her dms and said don't do that go to hospital so it's kind of a bit sort of conflicting about whether you should use sugar or not
2: interesting you should say about Adele because she was the keynote speaker at the uh, Association of Stoma Nurses conference earlier in the year and she said that she has leaks most days so Helen was desperate to get up
0: and go let me sort that out oh did she get it sorted then because yeah, she's on the um I'm pretty sure she's on the um Mio's. yes yeah,
2: she is yeah she is and, and I we just Heather just saying, I just want to see her and just like try and swap the leaks because that was one of the key things that jumped out. But talking about the sugar, um, the little baby that um is being operated on next week, he had about what was it? They it was in inches, eight to ten inches of bowel. He's only a little, a little tiny. Well, he's one wow. year old baby and he's not really developed for a year. Oh. He had about eight to ten inches of, of bowel. And what they did, they added, they put dextrose soaked gauze on his abdomen and then um cling film and wrapped that up and waited for that to sort of start reducing they were so scared like we do not (laughs) want to have to deal with this problem we don't want to have to operate we want we rather get this bowel back in because there were no beds at great Ormond street so it had to be dealt with at the evelina and but he's got kidney problems and lots of other problems that nobody really wanted to operate with those those issues going on so they managed to get the bowel back in, they sort like gently eased it back in. Sometimes we say to patients, just put sugar in your stoma bag, and that can help. It does actually anecdotally, it does actually help to get the, the stoma small. It's it sort of it's a bit like um an aubergine when you put sugar on or, or salt on and it just draws out the fluid. And it just draws out the fluid and makes it um it's like an osmosis, osmotic reaction. It draws out the fluid and then it makes it smaller and easier to actually ease in but you have to be so careful that you don't ulcer the stoma you have to be really really gentle so you don't sort of like damage the stoma when you're trying to ease it back in again
1: so Ellie's stoma is called Rosie um I know of one called Squishy <laughs> um have you got have you heard any other yeah, fun names name. or is there are they really, really great common great names, names
2: bubbles um <laughs> and ex-boyfriends we've known yes. we had one we had one called dave and
1: uh, stoma. <laughs> dave the stoma dave the
2: stoma that's dave the and we said why dave ex-boyfriend he's a
1: that's brilliant that's so good and then
2: this it, this patient had a mucus fistula um that was that was john right why, why john dave's best friend
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much.
0: I my call... my favourite um, ever been somebody calling theirs Storm, Storm Pooper.
1: Storm Pooper.
0: And we
2: had the regulars like Winnie and Winnie the Pooh oh, and really? Pooh. Yeah. And Winnie like Winnie the Pooh. And um there's there was also one oh this was a this is such a funny story. Oh this is young fourteen year old girl. And I went up to see her. And she said to me, um, "I've named my stomas." And I went, "Okay." She had two: she had a, a mucus fistula and a and a, a, and, and I said, "Oh, so what are they, Gary and Jimmy?" And I said, well, "What's behind Gary and Jimmy?" And she'd had a whole she had a whole scenario around Gary and Jimmy, and they were a couple of rogues. And I said, "So, and they're always getting, getting into trouble. Always, Gary was the stoma. And he was always chucking up, and he was always, <laughs> in her words." And he was Larry, that's her word too. Aww. And I said, Okay. And Jimmy said, Yeah, he's a bit dim. He was like his fist you like, Yeah, what should we do now, Gary? And then I, after the weekend I came in, she said, They spent the weekend in jail. <laughs> she said they've got in a fight. And this lot, this amazing and she told the the um gastroenterologist they came to see this girl's got Crohn's. And the gastroenterologist came to see her and said, um, how's how's the weekend she, and we, we and everybody was introduced to Gary and Jimmy oh that's so <laughs> lovely
1: though
0: because I mean that just helps you cope doesn't it as well yeah and she cooks
2: so well that was young 49 like, she's really like yeah I'm fine with this I'm okay <laughs> oh
0: good girl I love stories like that yeah, yeah Gary and Jimmy it's not always like that isn't it I mean you, obviously you, you're going to see people who are just not coping at all like is that is that quite difficult to deal with it's a bit red, but rabbit in the headlights, yeah. And they hate us as
2: well. We turn up and it's like, oh no, you. <laughs> we're the worst people in the world because some people say, oh, great, you're here because it means I'm going to get a, a bag-changing practice. Or the other thing is like, I've got to face up. I've got a stomach because you're here. You, you're going to make me change the bag. You're going to make, make me. And one man, I think it was five days with his eyes shut. Every day, Every time I saw him, his eyes were shut. And I said, when are you going to open your eyes? I'm like, Not yet. I'm not opening <laughs> my eyes yet. And that, then now he's 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 like, and he's decided not to have reversal. He's playing football, rugby, and he's Brilliant. a different man. And I still remember those, like,
0: eyes oh, shut. <laughs> I don't want to know this. I mean I had the I had a kind of a similar thing my favorite nurse like my favorite ward nurse was um I think it took me because like right the very beginning when I had my surgery I had the lady who was there before your will cut my was it imogen oh isabel Isabel that's it um and she was my very first dome nurse and it took me no word of a lie probably the same number of days to watch her do it I didn't shut my eyes but I couldn't watch and I was so rubbish at actually doing it myself because my hands were shaking from the steroids. So I was like, so it took about five days. And then my favourite nurse on the ward at the time, she was doing a day shift. So she was finishing at eight and I still hadn't done a solo bag change and they wouldn't discharge me till I could. And she said, right, I don't care what happens today. Even if I have to stay here till 10 o'clock, I'm going to come back. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch you do a bag change. Um, and she did, she stayed till 10 30 when she had done her paperwork. She came back and she was like, I haven't forgotten you, sit down, let's get on with it. And I cried the entire way through it. Aww. I was so nervous and emotional. And she was like, see? And then the next day she left because she went on to a rotation somewhere else. And it was it did take me a while. And mentally I'm strong now, but at the beginning it was it was tough.
2: Sometimes you have to do very, very small baby steps and like one day might be a little bit of a spray of adhesive remover the next day might be a little bit more spray and then since you can tell you watch the patient very closely watch their face and if as soon as they start to sort of
0: feel a bit crumbly you just go that's okay yeah you will do a bit more tomorrow it must be really rewarding to see that transformation actually um speaking yeah, of which you know we were saying there were different like different types of stomas so there's also obviously different reasons that somebody would have a stoma it's not always bowel cancer or ibd Um, There are various reasons, like you mentioned earlier, um, sort of accidents like owl impalement and, you know, people who are stupid shoving things up places that things shouldn't go. Um, (laughs) But um, is there a difference in how if you have a stoma for a different reason in how they behave? Are they easier to maybe deal with for one reason than another or are they pretty much the same?
2: Well, colostomies are are very much more uh, gentle stomas. Uh, you can get a transverse loop colostomy which is going along the top level of the bowel a transverse loop colostomy is quite a brute that is a big piece of bowel coming out and that will be like a someone who's got an obstruction like a like an obstructing cancer and they just have to bring a bit of bowel out above the cancer so if it's like a low like a rectal cancer or an a descending cancer Descending colon cancer. They just go in. The surgeon just goes in and just does um, a defunctioning loop, colostomy, transverse loop. And those are those are big boots, And those are quite those are difficult to manage. They're bulky. They're right right in the middle of the abdomen and they prolapse. They um, they, they're they're big stomas. But an ascent like a sigmoid, a sigmoid colostomy, like an end. If someone's got anal cancer, then all they need to do is just bring out an end colostomy, and that's the nicest little one, which is just like a little it's a bit like just just like an anus, literally an anus brought out onto the abdomen and the poo that comes out of there is sort of pasty, um just a bit like sort of toothpastey type texture, and it just oozes out gently maybe once or twice a day, and you don't have, you don't often get blocks. You don't have to worry about your diet or your um, fluid intake or your electrolytes. Um, and it's just, if that's a really nice little stoma to manage. Patients sort of accept it really quickly. Um, I went to see one lady, lovely lady. She was um, in her 80s and so happy with her stoma. She named it, I think, I can't remember the name she gave, like a regular name, like Isabel or something. And she was so happy with her stoma because it was just a neat little tidy stoma that just... Use out a little bit of poo, maybe once or twice a day.
0: It depends on the surgeon as well, doesn't it? I've, like, Rosie's so neat and smaller compared to yeah. the last I've seen. So if you've got a good surgeon, you are super lucky. Uh,
1: we've had a few uh, questions come in, um, okay. which is really great. Uh, so a couple of those to pose to you, if you don't mind. Um, the first one is, uh, I've got a PG i've had a p i've had pg a few times and heard it can be really dangerous is that true what, oh, what, what is pg yes
2: pg pyoderma gangrenosum which is a skin condition um it's like an auto often it's autoimmune it's for people that have people with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis are more susceptible to that they are more at risk um and also you can get it with people who haven't got stomas they can get like ulcers on their legs they can get um anywhere really where there's a little wound if it starts off as as a little wound it can just develop into a larger area now people who've got stomas it's mainly because there's a weakness or some sort of sore area which can start off it looks a little bit like um like a little red bump to start with like a small bump and it just develops and opens out into a quite a big ulcer um if it's reported quite quickly, we can deal with it. So it's like a small ulcer to start with and it can just get develop it can just develop a little bit more quickly. Now there's, there's certain characteristics of pyoderma gangrenosum, and it's exquisitely painful. And that's one of the things we ask our patients. And when it's exquisitely painful, it's like if we touched it, would they would they end up on the ceiling? Yes. Would there be like a patient <laughs> a patient shaped hole in the ceiling? And it's like yes. ah, really really painful if it's um it's a little purplish it's it's like um there's like a where the ulcer is it at the edge of the ulcer it's like slightly purplish and that's a distinctive feature as well and the doctors tend to do we something when we see that we refer patients to a dermatologist because it has to be treated quite specifically with Steroids, sometimes um, steroid or oral steroids, like steroid tablets, or steroid creams, or um, steroid puffers. Like like someone who's got a ventilator, like a like a steroid becatide inhaler, he can use that. Um, or tacrolimus is another cream that can be used. And so we don't let it get out of hand. If we see it, we we instantly we're we're on it to to um, refer somebody to a dermatologist so it can be properly diagnosed and. I mean, it's not always easy to diagnose it. It tends to be more um, ruling out other things. until Then you eventually do get the diagnosis. But the main feature is like so painful. But we tend to try and dress the ulcer and get that better. And then we will get a dermatologist to see a patient. But it's, it's more like an ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease feature that people can get around their stomas.
0: Yeah, I think I had um I had separation from below mine, but I think I had two patches that opened up just above mine. Yeah. Um, mm. I think we were worried for a time it was PG, weren't we, because it had a few of those symptoms and it was super painful. But it turned out luckily that silver nitrate sorted me out and it wasn't PG. So excellent. Yeah, it's um it's a, it's a scary one that because it looks <laughs> frightening <laughs> too. And then if you're trying to stick a bag over open ulcers, yes, like I I had dressings under my bag for six months. It took six months for mine to heal um and once they started healing it went in like a week it did it really really fast but I remember Heather doing with the main hole that I had I remember so I remember her filling it with stoma paste and then the next time I came in she had to get the paste out of the hole and honestly when you talk about a patient shaped hole in the ceiling that was nearly me in your stoma cupboard oh, <laughs> I was like gosh. it was and I know yeah, she had to do it. it but it like, never known pain like it <laughs> It is
2: so painful. It, ulcers, all ulcers are really painful. And I've just been dealing with one for probably about three months, actually. Um, it's, it's one of the, she had a urostomy. she got a neurostomy. She's actually got a like, pressure sore. She was having chemotherapy. And the chemotherapy um, affects wound healing. So it really slowed her healing down. So she got this little mm-hmm. tiny defect around her soma. And it opened out into an ulcer. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And she wasn't healing because of the chemo. And I dressed it, and then it overhealed. It became like a huge granuloma. The whole ulcer was a granuloma. So then I started treating the granuloma, and then it went broke down and back into the ulcer again. So what's granuloma? What's what's granuloma?
0: That's like
2: an that's like an overhealing. You can get some people are susceptible to them. Like you can get um, you can get them from friction from the stoma bag around the stoma and you can get them from like just if it's been cut too big the, the template's been cut too big and there's the side of the stoma like if part of, part of the stoma is um exposed to poo uh, that skin and like the muco we call it the mucocutaneous junction that that the part of the, the stoma and the the skin that junction if that is rubbed or you get lots of poo exposing it then you can you could um you can get granulomas and it's just mm-hmm. like an over over Compensating, like it just if you get a little bit of friction, you just like the skin overheals, overcompensates, so they bleed, they can actually bleed quite badly. Yeah, so you have to treat it with silver nitrate.
1: Um, I've got another one here, so uh, touching on one of your patients who now plays rugby and so on and so forth, says, I'm really active and want to carry on after my surgery. How can I best support? Uh, my stoma.
2: That's fantastic that they're going to, yeah, they want to still be very, very active. Have they actually got, they've got the stoma at the moment? They yes. And, right, yes, yeah, so exercise is brilliant. We always say start off gently. Uh, walking is a is a really, really good exercise. So it's in, the, in the first early days, exercise by walking, we always say to patients, when you're going for a walk, always remember you've got to come back again. So don't like walk until you're exhausted because you've got to get back. So, Walk, sort of to you think oh yeah maybe this is probably about halfway and then walk back but there's there's a real i went on a study day two day study day and about exercise and there's a really good what is she she's a clinical exercise um specialist specialist called sarah russell and she is fantastic she is she's got a stem herself she's got an ileostomy and she's had a really complicated like bowel history. I don't think she's had Crohn's or colitis. I think it's just um problem. I can't remember the full details. She doesn't say it on her website. But I did have a, um, I'm always looking at her website because I, I recommend her to patients all the time. And she does lots of, um, she's written a book about exercise. And I think it's a bestseller. And exercises after bowel surgery, after um, bowel surgery for cancer, when people are very scared about starting to rehabilitate and she she gives lots of advice about how to move and how to exercise how to lift things how to prevent hernias she does a lot about um, hernia prevention so f- for exercise and a lot of my patients they do a lot of running now I one girl she came in and she said her running running was her her release and we'd we like, she had a stoma she had she had anal cancer she was only young she had anal cancer so she had a colostomy but she wasn't allowed to run because the wound was still healing, healing so she was getting more and more depressed because she was relying she was like really upset because of everything that had happened but she had no release so she couldn't run and the whole family were getting distressed with it with it all with with her low mood and eventually the doctor said, right, yeah, you now can run. So she was a new woman.
0: Aww. So she came
2: in saying, I can run, I'm fine now.
0: Oh, that's, uh, I had um. I think straight, I, I'm a runner for that reason, mental health wise for me. But I did, um. I remember doing Pilates gently after I was able to, because it I obviously did. strengthens your core, which obviously can, you know, prevent hernias and prolapses and stuff. Um. And I remember, <laughs> I remember being like taught about, You know, like the um, support belts and stuff like that. And I tried using them, but I just found that it made me leak because if I put anything tight over Rosie, she just throws a tantrum. So I just ended up using kind of like support underwear kind of thing rather than an actual belt. I just put on tight underwear and uh, my leggings have all got wide, tight waistbands to just hold her in. But I always remember being told as well things like holding your tummy in when you're going to cough or sneeze. And I still, I still do that to this day. It's just, you know, to, anywhere possible anything coming out that shouldn't
2: be It's <laughs> a good idea actually because that's another reason you can get um hernias is, is someone's got like um flu coughs colds that 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 um increased intra-abdominal pressure can cause uh that's why babies get them a lot because they don't actually have that abdominal core strength mm. and it's it's underdeveloped so in in um older people it's it's more developed but it can still become really vulnerable when you're coughing and sneezing, and so we would say keep your immune system like, healthy and keep well and trying to avoid coughs and colds. Yeah. But Pilates is really good actually for um, for exercises because it's gentle and it's usually tailored. If someone's got a stoma, they've got any any sort of um, uh, concerns about it, then they they're usually, um, individualized. Like they usually individualised. like the the exercises are individualised to suit the um, the person with the stoma,
0: yeah it, there's a lot of and I love the fact that there's a lot of social media sort of support Instagram pages for people who've got stomas for every reason under the sun, different stomas, different reasons, and yeah. you know the all these influence influencers can just be so helpful and supportive. I know that I've definitely oh, yeah. found a few of them for tips and tricks and stuff, but um speaking of mental health, we did have a message on Instagram come in um and it basically said all of these were anonymous because obviously people don't want to be identified but it basically said um i hate my stoma and it makes me really Aww. mentally low i leak constantly i have sore Aww. degraded skin i have trouble making bags stick when using treatments mm. for my skin so it's a vicious circle any advice
2: oh bless gosh It's, it's a vicious circle because once the skin gets sore it's really difficult to have a bag stick so and really it's gosh. like
0: she sent a photo and it's 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 it looks like you know really bad sunburn yes. where it cracks and it bleeds and it looks like that in a perfect circle of the right. shape of the adhesive around her back.
2: i wonder if there's any allergies going on there there might be some allergies if mm-hmm. it's a perfect circle actually if it's the same size of the, as the adhesive it might be an allergy mm-hmm. um so it could be worth trying i've got a patient with really bad allergies um and i she i refer to to dermatology and she's having patch testing but i managed to find a bag that she's not allergic to the skin's really cleared up um calamine lotion is excellent it's quite anecdotal but um it is really good for sore skin um and you can just pop it on on a piece of cotton wool just um and then dab it on onto the skin or even um like one of the dry wipes just use that to dab it on let it dry uh it's I mean, if it's a really active stoma, it can be a bit challenging to let it dry. Mm -hmm. Um, It's best to try and let it dry to a a pinky, chalky colour. And then that can really help take the burn out of that skin. Yeah, one of the
0: best things I found, I found the cream version of it um and it takes a little longer to dry but it really rubs in quite quickly and i find that if i have a leak or if i'm sweaty in the summer and my skin flares underneath that's really useful as well i think that was one of the ones you taught me um mine has been a a skin saver yeah can it it be down to wrong bags do you think like sometimes yeah it's absolutely the
2: wrong bag sometimes people persevere with a flat they don't realize there are different bags out there sometimes we find that um the contours change like people put on weight or they lose weight and they get creases where they didn't have creases before and sometimes all you need is a naughty little crease and that is that causes all sorts of trouble so we have we have to use accessories like strip paste um like a bit of hydrocolloid rolled up into that crease um you can get different levels of convexity you can get hard soft firm uh deep light all different types of convexity and that can be you can try that and sometimes it's you need there's a convex seal a lovely convex seal uh, those, those i call them my secret weapons those those convex seals i just say <laughs> right out comes my secret weapon and the amount of times that people say no more leaks
1: one, one more question for you before we let yeah. you go um it says, "What are your top tips for relieving a blockage? Uh, I block all the time, and it seems to be uh, always be with different foods."
2: Well, there's a few things that might be the cause of it. Um, main, you've got to chew everything really thoroughly, make sure it's well chewed, um, and if there's a tendency to blockage, probably best to avoid the nuts because they're they're quite easy to go down, quite in quite a large size. But if you if like I say to people, if you really can't live without your nuts um peanuts and cashew nuts and stuff like that then just really chew it thoroughly but it's actually really difficult to chew it thoroughly lots of people just like munch munch gone um <laughs> yes definitely it's, me. yes ellie, ellie
1: eats <laughs> like a shark and <laughs> like a shark. she does eat like a shark she chomps like a shark she
0: and I, I mostly end the night with a hot water bottle on my tummy i'm not gonna lie <laughs> oh
2: really no yeah hot water bottle but we we tend to say um um warmth so a little bit of warmth on the tummy if there is a blockage um we tend to say uh no food if there is a a block and you can tell that by it's painful and there's no stoma activity so you know you've got a block when it when it's when it's just pain your tummy hurts there's no activity um and we tend to say no food just have um fluids only so just just fluids and then if it's, I mean, I had one patient. What did they have? I think they used to have um, like a massive, a dose of laxative. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like, oh, I just had a laxative and wow, bang, it <laughs> went
0: okay. okay. I mean, I've heard of fizzy drinks being used a lot just to, for the pressure to try and, and get a blockage juice.
2: moving. Patient tried prune. Like they said, I just take prune juice. Fizzy, fizzy probably would be fine, and, and prune prune juice that patient said just two doses of prune juice all sorted but we tend to say that like, it's a good idea if it's over 4 hours uh, you might need to just pop into A&E and then they will probably put a nasogastric tube down or they'll do an x-ray they'll do checks because um you don't want problems with having a, a block stoma for too long
0: i think i'm super lucky I've had, I've had rosie since 2017 and i've never had a block i've had a partial block but i got rid of it by kind of just Poking my tummy around a bit and, and yeah, drinking poke. Massaging
2: um, as well. You can massage the tummy and just sort of massage it around, and that can help.
0: Yeah. It hurt though. I mean, yeah, I don't mean, know. people yeah, don't lie about painful. the pain. It's like it's like a it's crack, painful. isn't it? It's just like oh, chew your food, Ellie. Chew your food. <laughs> <laughs> you need to chew my food.
1: Thank you so much for spending your evening with us, uh, recording this. I've learned a lot. I've got to say. Uh, incredibly insightful oh. and useful I'm sure to a lot of people who will be listening and also thank you for Ellie because you gave me Ellie because oh. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't be here without you know the kind care and attention of, of people like you and oh. thank you for everything you do and um, for your patience oh. and everything it's it's fantastic to hear your stories and anecdotes and things like that I think uh, a lot of people will get a lot of comfort from from hearing this so thank I you very much.
0: So. so on the last note if we, you could say the Biggest thing that you love about your job? What would it be?
1: Oh, my patience
2: definitely, mm. I 100. percent I look, do you know? I love getting into work on a Monday morning because I think I want to see how they all are. <laughs> I want to go around the wards and say, "How's it been? What happened? How was your weekend?" And you just can't wait to get out of the office in the morning to sort of that thing I tried on Friday. Has it worked over the weekend? You're desperate to go in. and. I really, oh. I was, I didn't get that Monday morning feeling I, soon after joining the department. When I was still like, I hate this job. I don't know about. I, I just I thought I want to go and see the patients, go and see what what's going on with them. I love and that. And people like love... you, Ellie, and people that just keep coming back, and we see them. We we're so lucky that we've just got we know patients for such a long time. Like the whole time they got a stoma, they're our patients. Yeah, and now we're just friends. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> so I, great. I love that.
0: I absolutely love it. Well, thank you for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it.
1: That's been great. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, how incredible was that? I absolutely adore that lady. She is a friend, as you heard, as well as my stoma nurse. And I mean, that was just amazing. Loved her for answering those questions. I hope you guys found it useful. Anyone struggling, Any anyone had any questions, I hope that those were answered well for you and thank you for sending them in um we will be speaking to caroline for the next episode as kevin said um and thank you guys all for listening um share this or um put it on social media if you think it would be helpful to anyone that you know who might be going through the same issues or just for general information um and yeah we will speak to you guys again soon yeah
1: as per usual get in touch with us bangers and mass chat at gmail.com or follow us on instagram at bangers and chat and send us a dm
0: at bangers and mass chat
1: at bangers, what do I say? Just
0: bangers and chat. You missed out the mash. Bangers? It's not the best
1: bit. <laughs> the mash is the best it, it bit. Is your, it's the, to be fair, it is To be fair, I make good mash. I make good mash. Yeah. But um, no, thanks for listening. Fantastic episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, speak to you again soon. Bye.